Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. You find something funny, no, do you? Nothing. You find find something funny? No, no, no nothing's funny. Got a joke, Miss Ports? <laughs> you want to share it with the group? <laughs> just something I remembered from earlier. Annabelle's laughing because I've just started the podcast again because it was going so poorly. You got halfway through. You deleted it all. <laughs> you said, I know it's past your bedtime, but we're starting again. The trouble is we've started too late tonight. I know. Um, Annabelle's been coming over at the very civilised civilized time of about six o'clock for yeah. the past couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. But Sarah's now back to work, which meant you needed to come later. Yeah. I kept you waiting because you wouldn't go to sleep. So I just sat there. Another example of some fantastic parenting on my part. He won't go to sleep unless I'm in the room. So I just think, oh, fair enough, then I'll just stay in the room until you go to sleep. It's called gentle parenting. Is that what it's called? As long as it's got a name, you're fine. So I was texting. I left the door slightly open. Mm -hmm. I was texting you from upstairs. Oh, I think he's going. Mm -hmm. And then as I got up to move, his eyes were wide open. It was like something out of a horror film. He looked like a doll. I know that feeling. It's so spooky. It is spooky. Um, and then we had a chit chat, but it wasn't a particularly energising chit chat. No, gentle Some, chit chat. Sometimes we're having these great conversations. Oh, yeah. people should hear them, shouldn't oh, they? Oh, God. If only people could have the conversation if we have it off the <laughs> oh. microphone when the tape's not running. Well, that's that's the good ones, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it wasn't one of those tonight. No. It was, uh, it was like the type of conversation you have when the telly's on, mm. only the telly wasn't on. <laughs> it had that pace to it. So there was a lot of staring and long pauses mm-hmm. and the occasional remark. And then it got to now, which, as I say, it's quarter past nine-ish. Um, so should we go up? And here we are. Annabelle was just blinking to stay awake, which is always <laughs> a good sign. Yeah. So I think uh, I think you're in for a vintage episode of Adrift here, yeah. is what I'm saying. Um, were you one of the four billion? Four billion that did what? That watched the funeral on TV. I watched the first bit of it. I don't think it was four billion. Oh, I actually believe that. Well, I think there was there was a, a weird thing that some like like so much to do with the sad events of the uh, of, uh, uh, surrounding the death of the queen. Mm. So much of it has become a culture war. Oh, right. So people were predicting that four billion people would watch it, which is a ridiculous number. That's not that's not going to happen. It's possible that four billion people will see a little bit of it at some stage through YouTube or whatever, but four billion people aren't going to sit down and watch it. Mm-mm. I mean, you've been thinking about the time differences as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and who's some of those four billion? I, it's all, all this stuff. Mm. Um, so so then the other, the other half of people are taking glee in the fact that it was only, I don't know, 500 million or whatever it was, but what does it matter? Mm. Just a load of people mm. and everything was shut. Yeah, if someone said, oh, this is what it was like in the 80s on a Sunday, I saw someone say that on Twitter and I thought, oh, yeah, that's what it's like, yeah. It was it was strange in as much as, um, or thinking about it is strange in as much as, I think I saw the, the, um, the early numbers earlier on and it was about, it was fewer people than watched it when England got into the final of the football thing last year okay. the euros thing yeah but not you know it w- wasn't that big a difference but basically about half the people and i, I was thinking to myself so what were the other half doing oh because there wasn't really much else going yes. on yes yeah you know surely you just kind of put it on mm. just have a nosy Mm-mm. even 
if you're one of the people who who weren't that interested. But I, I, anyway, so Sarah, for example, um, she went to the woods she, with a friend. Oh yeah, not just the two of them. They took the kids to the woods. Oh okay, because um, the the feeling was that the kids wouldn't be that interested in the funeral, mm-hmm. which I know wasn't the case case for you. It, it really lasted a whole hour. It's amazing. Yeah, I was giving a little commentary about everything that's going on. Well, you weren't saying sassy, sassy stuff about what people had chosen to wear, had you? No, no, it's not really much to say. No, no, no. Just like you know, trying to keep him interested. Mm. I thought everybody looked so slim. Did you? Yes, like to to a person. Um, Anyway, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So we we watched it for about an hour, and then. We went out to play foot. He got bored. And we went to go and play football. Then we had lunch. And then we went on a three-hour bike ride. Came back. I put the television on to put on Gigantosaurus for him. Still on. Mm. Still on. It was on. All, I didn't. I had no idea it was going to be on all day. Yeah, it was I, a, no idea. I think we're just so used to funerals because it's a quick turnaround, isn't it? One in, one out. Yeah, yeah. You're often at the crematoriums. Mm. They have one set of doors at one end and one set of doors at the other end. So one family of mourners is gathering. While they're ushering the other ones out, yeah. but it's not that type. It's a different type of funeral to what we're used to. It is a bit, yeah. So I think that that could have um, that that could have been what rotten footage you. Mm. I think funerals just go on that long if uh, <laughs> if they're not in those types of crematoria. Right, right. Um, crematoria, is that right? Do I say crematoria? No idea. Yeah. Uh, so Sarah, Sarah went to the woods. I stayed in, and I had it on, but I I had it on in the telly in the bedroom and just kind of. Uh, um, reverted to my single self and stayed in bed oh. well into the afternoon. Oh, oh, right. Okay. Why, what were you thinking? No, nothing. What were you thinking? No, nothing. I hope not, Annabelle. <laughs> I just imagine you just sort of like, yeah, lounging around in your dressing gown. Is that right? Oh, there was no dressing gown. Are you... You were naked. Is that Is right? that disrespectful? Is that legal? I don't... Should I not have said that? I don't think so, no. But anyway, it's dozing in and out. Are you asleep? Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, looking at... Looking at um, Looking at my life. Oh God, don't! Please don't. <laughs> no, um, you know, I, uh, I, di- I didn't. I wanted to go to the woods, really. Why didn't you go to the woods? No room in the car. Oh. So I don't get to. I didn't get to go on the on the trip. But then again, I um, I was worried that people would be hurling abuse at them. Oh, for, for being not being out. in watching the funeral. I had heard of that happening. Well, I had a friend who, during Diana's funeral, went jogging. And cars were slowing down and people were winding down the windows to scream abuse at her. No. I thought, well, where, where are those people going? Are they on the way? Yeah, yeah hold on. Yeah. Or maybe they've just listened to radio coverage, oh, my, but they maybe. didn't have good reception at home, so they had to drive around to listen to it. Well, that's the only answer. It is the only answer. Yeah. And also, Diana loved jogging. Did she? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, she loved it. In fact, um, I remember... When me and Pete first moved to London, he lived in a flat in this area which wasn't far from where Diana knocked about. And, you know, restaurants, you don't see it so much now, but I think especially Indian and Chinese restaurants back in the day used to have photographs of celebrity patrons in the window. Mm -hmm. There was an Indian restaurant close to where Pete lived which had a picture of Diana in the window. But it wasn't that she, um, she ate there. It was that there was a picture of her running past it, oh. jogging. <laughs> right, okay. That was shooed by several paparazzi. Yeah, that's, that's probably it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think she, um, I think she liked like jogging. No, so what I, I thought I'm going to put it on, and then I'm going to, um, so, I don't know, pay respects my own way by scrolling through Deliveroo <laughs> to see which restaurants are open. Oh, so that I can shame them for not. Um, <laughs> Not grieving properly. Did you find any? Oh, those, those were. It was really exciting actually because it's quite engrossing because most restaurants were closed. So then the ones which were open were the ones that I'm not used to seeing on there. It's like I hope it was like when you go to somebody else's house and open up Deliveroo and it's a whole other load of restaurants. It was like going on holiday, but without leaving my bed. Wow, which was uh, which was something. Um, and then, you know, I, I did plan to like order from one of the restaurants just to check that they were serving food during the funeral mm. so that I could shame them in confidence that it wasn't just some yeah. mistake. Yeah, legally. Some technical mistake. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I'm doing this. I'm looking through the, the, the different food options that are available. And I think, oh, oh God, like either the BBC, something's up with the transmission back from the Westminster Abbey 
or um, something's up with my satellite dish or I've rolled over onto the remote and accidentally turned the volume down because I, c- I could see the pictures, but I couldn't hear anything. I think, what's going on here? So I'm then getting the remote and I'm jabbing away at it. And then I realise it's during the minute silence. Oh, <laughs> right. But I was being silent. I wasn't swearing at the remote. I hope not. No. Yes. So that still counts, doesn't it? As long as I yeah. wasn't making a, a noise you with harumph? my mouth. You sure you didn't harumph? I don't think I harumphed. Okay, good, good. Yeah. I hadn't rolled onto the remote after all. Okay. It's not not past me, though. <laughs> I always think of that story somebody once told us about um, somebody having to have surgery because you know what I'm about to say, don't yeah. they? The, the remote had got stuck between two rolls of flab and then skin had grown over it and they had to have it oh. removed. As I get older, I find that more and more depressing, that story. I think, I'm sure I remember being like quite amused by that when I first heard it and now I just feel deeply sad. I do because I think... Like, how are they getting on without the remote? <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I was thinking. I mean, yeah, good question. I think. No, it is a sad thing. Yeah. I think a lot of the stuff you find funny when you're young is just actually depressing, as yeah, it turns out, yeah, as yeah. you get older. <laughs> I told you, um, I got uh, my friend Rick, um, his his mum went out to make a cup of tea during Diana's funeral and then came back in during the minute silence. And she went, oh, what's happening now? Why is everyone quiet? Why, why, is, why is everyone quiet? What's going on? And then Rick and his dad didn't want to speak out of respect. She's going, what's the matter with you two? And he eventually lost his temper and went, it's the effing minute silence. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It's sad. It's sad, isn't it? It's sad. And uh, I don't know what to say, really, about it. Not that um, anybody's waiting for what I've got to say about it. I think it's given me some ideas for my own funeral. Oh, yeah. Definitely wouldn't have that organist. Okay. But I would have, like, mourners lining the streets mm. and, you know, um, sombre music in a minor key to the beat of a constant drum for in excess of an hour. I would definitely definitely have that. Would you have the mourners uh, cheering as you went past in a car? Because I found that slightly inappropriate. Oh, yeah, that was. That was a bit weird. No, no. This, this is the thing. So so also, you know, your mind does turn to your own funeral, doesn't it? What, what I've been thinking is, I, I like the general sombre, stop all the clocks feeling. Mm-hmm. But I'd like a bit more of an outpouring of emotion. I don't. There's too much stoicism. Yes. Now, obviously, world leaders, royalty, they, they stiff up a lip. But why are they? Why was no one allowed to cry? Like, what's wrong with it? I thought well, it was really weird. Yeah, and I want wailing at mine. Right. Yeah. Maybe not wailing. No wailing. You, I, you, I oh, wailing. you want? Yeah, do definitely. you want falling to the knees and wailing? Yeah. Not everyone. Oh, okay. Just um, a smattering of it throughout. Smattering. Yeah. What, yeah. Twelve percent or higher. Yeah. To, yeah. Up to fifteen percent, I'd 15, say. Okay. But no, no more than that. Okay. I don't want to be to, it to be like my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> that was just your wife. So, too, yeah. That was too much emotion. <laughs> um, and actually, looking at how the funeral was planned, um, it made me think that some of the events that we've been used to in celebration of um, Her Majesty over her lifetime perhaps didn't reflect her taste as much as we thought. Oh, right. Do you not think the funeral is the one that really it's like it, it's it's been done properly mm. and then everything else was just rabble-rousing? Right. So... Yeah, having Torville and Dean and Timmy Mallet and Patsy Kensit and some Daleks and Gok Kwan and Basil Brush and, you know, Del Boy's car, mm-hmm. which is the sort of thing you'd get at a Jubilee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turns out she wasn't really into any of that stuff anyway. <laughs> that was just there. That was just there for the masses to make us think she was like one of us. And actually, very austere choral music. <laughs> And, and lots of bagpipes at, re- reflected really what she was into. If there could be a sombre Timmy Mallet, Basil Brush, etc., etc., I'm sure that would have been what she wanted. But what you say in that the palace reached out to Basil, Timmy, could you do Torville, a, Dean? Could you do something a bit more sombre? sombre. They went, nah, nah, not nah. Us. 
All right. Tovel and Dean have said no. We're going to have to go with the bagpipers. <laughs> That's exactly what I think happened. All right, Annabelle, let's hear from those drifters, shall we? First off, distinguished Lord One-Armed Freddy. Aha. He starts with, how are you? I'm fine. I am writing with grave news. This very podcast has given rise to a botched social interaction for me. Oh, no. I'm not blaming you and I'm not demanding reparations. I just want to warn other drifters against my moment of hubris and the complacency that caused it. I recently attended the live recording of episode 500 of a comedy podcast in a pub in Nottingham. The podcast has built up a lovely community around it, with the hosts themselves often joining in with chats between listeners. The hosts have a background in video games journalism, so it's fair to say that a big proportion of the listener demographic is slightly nerdy and awkward. You'd get on with them. The live show itself was terrific, though being recorded on one of the hottest Saturdays of the year, it was pretty stifling in the room. This was a source of jokes during the show, and when the audience left the room and mingled in the rest of the pub, much was made of how sweaty it had become. Later on in the evening, the hosts themselves came to mingle and have a chat. As one of them arrived onto the roof terrace, he looked at me and said the words, I will now dread. Hot enough for you. My brain went into hyperspeed. This couldn't be in a drift reference, could it? I've never heard him say anything about the podcast, but he fits the demographic. And podcasters must listen to other podcasts. Maybe it was. What an incredible connection we have. Emboldened by the parallel I've been using to rehydrate, I took a leap of faith and said it. Is that an adrift reference? He looked at me, confused, and then said, no, what's that? Oh, God. Please don't take this with anything other than love, but explaining adrift to a real person isn't easy. (laughs) Especially when you lead with, do you remember Jeff Lloyd? (laughs) Needless to say, he didn't. And I had to explain that rather than talking about the excellent podcast this man had just performed for me, I had tried to start a conversation about another podcast, which acts as a kind of support group for people like me who want to avoid exactly this (laughs) kind of situation. I still can't decide if the confused look was better or worse than the pitting look that replaced it. I didn't talk to him again that evening. I'm really conflicted by that email. Mm. So... On one hand, I just love um, this podcast being a catalyst for uh, an adrift moment, awkward interaction. That's that's just brilliant to me. Mm. Also, I love that we have created a podcast where um, a listener understands that we will find that a funny story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the sentence that I found the most troubling was, do you remember Jeff Lloyd? <laughs> I, I I did have for a second debate of like, should I leave that in? I don't know. Because the, the, yeah. it wasn't that I didn't remember that. That doesn't trouble me at all. No, no. But it's it's that in in the Lord's mind. Yeah, I belong in another era. You're something that would be forgotten. Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, you know, it was a thing that was once was once an ongoing concern mm. that is now defunct or redundant. There, there was a lot of that in that one sentence, that yeah. one question, do you remember? Yeah. It's like saying, do you remember that Weetabix ad or do you yes. remember the 70s? Yes. But, you know, you're, you're still here. <laughs> yes. Like doing this mm. and other things. Mm. Many. Well, I'm going to have to ruminate on that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right, next one. It's from Alex. Oh, you want to say something else? You're still bothered by it. Go on. Because Get it all out. Come here's, on. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mm. I don't think I, I ever did anything significant enough to um, to merit the question, do you remember? Right. I think I just pootle along mm. doing insignificant things, <laughs> which feels better than the idea that I might have once done something of significance that is now in the past. Is there a possibility, and I need to Google this, is there a possibility that the host they were talking to has worked with you before? So it's like, oh, do you remember Jeff? Like in the, that you used to work with them type thing. It, it, didn't, didn't, um, mm. it didn't sound like that, but maybe. Let's give them the benefit of the and doubt. And also let's not forget that the podcast host didn't remember you. So if, if they did work with you, yes, that would be disappointing or two. Yeah, mm. yeah. Okay. Are you ready to move on or...? 
So. I mean, you won't be listening. You'll just be thinking about that. But do you want me to move on? Do you remember Biarritz chocolate? It's like that. <laughs> I don't, but no. No, oh, no that's exactly like yeah, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Right, ready? Yeah. Okay. This is from Alex. Alex. I enjoyed your recent cutlery chat. Whilst I know we're in danger of reviving something like mug chat, I have to tell you this anecdote. In our cutlery drawer, we managed to acquire something like a slightly bigger teaspoon. I think we were lent it once when we were moving in before we bought a new cutlery set. Now, I consider myself to be a usually completely rational person. However, every time I see this out of place large teaspoon, I feel irrationally angry. What makes it worse is that my partner likes it. He finds that it's just right. It's larger than the teaspoon, but it's not too big like a dessert spoon. He considers it ideal for things like yogurts. As he likes it so much, I can't just discard it or hide it. I know he is right, but whenever I see it, I feel affronted. Mm. It's always so out of place. It sits in the cutlery tray with the small teaspoons, somehow thinking of itself as better just because it's different. Maybe I should be more accepting of cutlery diversity. <laughs> Annabelle, you're anthropopor- God. Anthropomor- oh God. It was Anth- always me who can say this word and now it's caught Anth- on to you. Anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphizing. What's that? This uh, ascribing human characteristics to inanimate objects. Of the neglected dessert spoons did leave me a little troubled. Nevertheless, I've still refused to use it. See, I've got no problem with its existence in principle, but it's the lone wolf thing that you, you can't have one piece of cutlery that doesn't belong with the others. Right. Although I do feel... I don't like what that says about me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you really kind of break it down, it's not saying great. Things. I think it's only. I think it's specific to cutlery. Okay, everything else is fine. Yeah, the one different one is fine. Okay. Yeah, like Jean's got a children's book about a bear who wants to be a bee. Oh, I love that book. Yeah, that's the, bu- the bumble, got, the got no, no problem with that bear. Yeah, yeah. But I have, do have a problem with the spoon. Okay. Yeah. Right. Last one. Amanda, I'm a teacher and I've been at my school for 11 years now. It's a great job for a drifter like me. I'm comfortable with students and I don't really have to spend time outside my classroom mingling or whatever other adults do with each other. This year, though, I've been trying to push myself and get out there a little. So when there was an invitation for teachers to meet at a bar after graduation, I decided to try it. I got one drink down for courage, then moved into the room with the other faculty members. There was a table set up with snacks, all of which were your basic crunchy nibbles. One plate held what could only be described as fried balls. Anything from tater tots to crab cakes, who knows? A vice principal approached the table and took two of them. I asked, do you know what's in those? And he answered, yes, and walked away. Can you imagine a less helpful response? He may as well have said, Yes, I know, and I'm not going to tell you. Get away from me, you loser. If it in exactly to what I'd anticipated this evening to be, this is why I never talk to people. Until <laughs> later that evening as I was driving home, replaying the conversation when a horrible, humiliating thought occurred to me. What if he heard, do you know what's in those? To mean, oh my God, are you seriously going to eat those deep fried carbs, you necklace pig? What if his yes meant, I know it's not good for me, but I'm hungry. Please stop judging me. He probably sees me as an uptight nutrition dictator. And this is why I never talk to people. <laughs> Anything where the tone's not quite right and, yeah. and the meaning's different. Yes, yeah, good. yeah, 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 yeah. I'd like some more of those, actually. Uh, great. Send us yours. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle? Yes? Let's have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. So this is superstitions that I have that aren't actually real superstitions and I've just made them up for myself for some reason. Part two. Now in part one, you may remember, I revealed how I have to put the left slipper on first, but when it shoes, it's the right one. And the order I have to put clothes on, knickers, bra, bottoms, top, socks, Don't know why, but they are totally free from any insanity. They can go on at any point of the proceedings and they can go on left first or right first without dramatically affecting my fate. 
you'd, if you were wearing jeans, would you put your socks on after the jeans? I can do, yeah. No problem with that. No problem with that, yeah. And I'm not wearing knee socks most mm. of the time, so don't find it an issue. So part two. I do struggle a bit to be organised, but I find using the calendar on my iPhone helps a lot. So I put in the event and then I select the date and then often the time as well. This is where the superstition comes in. On the iPhone, you scroll to select the minutes and hours required. So say I'm trying to input 3.30. If when scrolling for the three, I go past it, which happens a lot, and end up on four, I can't just go back one. I have to keep going through the 24 hours in the day to get to the one I want. And if you think that's bad, let me remind you that there are 60 minutes an hour. So if I go past that 30 for half past, it's all the way round again. And it's not uncommon for me to get it right second time around. I'm going in constant loops. Where does this come from? I don't know. What would happen if I did scroll backwards? Don't want to find out. It's going to be bad. Would you ever risk it? No way, because either something catastrophic would happen or I'd realise how much I've been wasting my time all these years. Here's another one. What's the first thing you do in the morning? Um, Like very first thing? Yeah. Probably take some medication. Oh, <laughs> okay, after that. Um, Just lie there. Oh, <laughs> Wish you no know, still asleep. I'm, I'm amazed you haven't just said, look at my phone. Oh, I see. Yeah, sometimes. Oh, sometimes? Maybe that is the first thing to do because that's how I know what time it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. It is, the yeah. very first thing yeah. I do in the morning. Sorry, I'm not, not with it. Just look at my phone. And I know that all these wellness experts, they advise against this. But like, what else are you supposed to look at? Yeah. And they say it causes anxiety. But I say, no, there's already anxiety. Yes. My phone just distracts me from it. Briefly. Uh, briefly. I read one expert who recommended journaling instead. I like how they've turned writing in your diary into a verb, yeah. quite unnecessarily. <laughs> I'm not sure how well this wellness is going for you, that you haven't got the time or patience to say writing in your journal and have to say journaling. <laughs> so they recommend the morning journaling should be stream of consciousness. Honestly, I'd have to burn it after I'd finished each morning. <laughs> and now it's the time to burn diary pages before 7am each day. Not for me. <laughs> so I look at my phone. Do you have a preferred order of things that you look at? Oh, generally, yeah. So, you want to tell me? Uh, probably email, Twitter, Instagram, mm-hmm. the news. Okay. So I've got my order. Yeah, has to be in this order. Yeah. has to be. So first, of all, I look at the time, obviously. And this also, this is something else that bothers me about these wellness people. Like, how do they know what time it is? Yes. If they're not looking at their phones and keeping them in another room, like they suggest, I'd honestly be accidentally getting up at four a.m. every day. Like every day would be like the time when I was sixteen and I got up for my paper round, got dressed, got my bag, was about to leave when I noticed that it was half past ten at night. And I'd only been asleep for an hour. <laughs> I'd somehow misread the time on my clock radio. Maybe it's just wellness people who are keeping the clock radio industry afloat because like, who else has got one? Anyway, I look at the time. Then I calculate how much sleep my son has had and then how much sleep I've had. That's very important to me to know the hours. Then I check the traffic of my website and then I see if it's made any money. And then I look at my business Instagram insights like I'm Stephen Bartlett or someone. <laughs> then it's email, Twitter, Guardian, the weather. And that's the end. Always in this order. Wow. Strictly in that order. That's, that's, quite, um, that's quite the tour. Yeah, it's quite the well, tour. It doesn't it? take yeah. long, doesn't take long, yeah. but that's the tour. And I do actually think this kind of behaviour is very common because even Tom, who is so laid back that he could easily go to sleep with a wardrobe door or a, or a drawer open, which I find <laughs> insane. Could you go to sleep with a wardrobe door open? Uh, uh, could go to sleep with a wardrobe door open. Could I couldn't you? go to sleep with the door open. Oh, oh. Yeah. I couldn't, if there's a drawer open, a door open, it's be impossible for me. Madness. I asked him if he has any superstitions of his own invention. I was expecting a very firm, no. He said he had lots. I pushed him for one and he said he wears the same pair of pants to football every week. And let me be clear, he does not play for Chelsea or even Accrington <laughs> Stanley. So I find that very comforting and that we're all insane. <laughs> 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. give you another cleaner encounter if you like oh go on if you remember last week i was feeling bad because i had to get out the door for an appointment i had a taxi waiting mm. i uh, casually said how are you oh. and then it turned out mum had kidney stones mm. and so uh, so last friday i dropped Jean off at school and uh, and i know that when i get back there are, there are three things number one is I'm hungry, so I need to eat something. Mm-hmm. Number two is Sarah is in a rush to get out the door because she's going to go for a meeting. Mm-hmm. And number three is the uh, Karina. Okay. The cleaner is going to be there. Did you hear how long a pause I left between Karina and the cleaner? Is that because it's hard to say them together? It's because it sounds like it's a funny little nickname oh. because it rhymes. Oh, right. You wanted to be clear. And I don't want to reduce it to that. No, a silly nickname. No. <laughs> I've all the engine, you know. Mm. So. <laughs> so I decide, because um, I'm so hungry, I decide that I'm going to get get bagels. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get a Sarah one and um, wrap it up in tinfoil and give it to her as she goes out to take with her on her journey. Lovely. And then I think, is it a bit weird to get bagels for us and not for Karina? Oh, don't ask me. What do, you, what do you think? Oh, what do you I've think? got no idea. What do you think, though? I don't know. You've got to have a, give, it, give me an opinion. What, I just can't imagine. I don't know. depends how so well you go on with So you're going her, into a house. How long she's been with you for. Whether Several you're great, years. Great fine. I think it's fine not to give her one, but I think it's a nice gesture if you I th- do. I think it's weird if I don't. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Because it's like, oh, here I come with some treats for me and her, but not for you because you're just the domestic help. I think that's how it looks. Okay, yeah. So um, so I get these bagels. I get uh, everything bagels, which I love. Love and everything bagels. Does that mean it's got all the different yeah. seeds and stuff on it? Yeah, I mean, I sort of acknowledge it's like something a child would invent. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you want a sesame seed bagel, an onion bagel, a poppy seed bagel, garlic bagel? No, I want it all on one. All so like it. It's like an all-you-can-eat buffet, but of bagels. Mm. But I do love them. And uh, I come back and I say to both Sarah and Karina, hey, I've got you, I've got bagels, I've got you a bagel. And um, Sarah's pleased, Karina's pleased. Uh, Sarah said, I say, Sarah, don't worry. I know you're on your way out. I'll make it you to take with you. She goes upstairs and carries on doing what she's doing. And then I say to, to Karina, um, I'm thinking cream cheese and tomato. Is that okay? She says, she goes, um, I like, and we communicate well, but her, her English, uh, it takes a second because English isn't the first language. She goes, I like uh, how you say, I don't know if she says how you say. <laughs> okay. But there's some kind of moment where she fumbles for the word. Yeah. And then says salmon. Oh, you yeah. surely you don't have salmon in well, there. Well, no. And I think what she's doing is just having fun conversation about what her favourite oh, bagel is. Oh, okay, yeah. But at the same time, there, there is a small chance that she's asking for salmon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't quite know how to respond to it. Mm. I also feel, if it is that she's asking for salmon, slightly insulted, because as I say, she's been our cleaner for several years now. I think, you don't even know me. <laughs> like, have you ever seen fish or meat in this house? Mm-hmm. Who, who do you think I am? It's like sometimes if I go on Deliveroo, which I know is not the first time I've mentioned it on this episode, which, it, which is reflective of my relationship mm. with Deliveroo, and it will recommend a dish. So dishes recommended to, for you, and it'll be chicken chicken tikka masala. Oh, wow. think, I've never ordered meat from you. You don't even know me. That's a feel like being I'm someone. in a one-sided <laughs> relationship here. <laughs> that means everything to me. Yeah. Like, I'm in it. I, yeah, I'm very committed. You, you think I'm... A meat eater. I'm amazed I don't know you better. I know. So um so anyway, we sort of move on. 
I make Sarah's hers, wrap it, thrust it into her hand, out she goes, and then I make a bagel each for me and Karina. Okay. Hand it to her on a plate. She bites into it. And then the the the, the sound she makes. Mm-hmm. So on one hand, I should be flattered because it's a very extreme, if not ultimate version of compliments to the chef. Yeah. <laughs> On the other hand, like it was so, there's no other word than orgasmic. Oh, wow. I'm not sure that I can ever be in the same room as her again. Oh, my God. Like, I, I was going to say it's a sound you would only hear in a sexual context. Oh, wow. Only, I've certainly never given anybody that much pleasure that I've heard a sound <laughs> like that. Like, the only, the only time I've ever heard that sound is if somebody is doing an over-the-top impersonation oh, wow. of a sexual experience. Like, if if in that scene in When Harry Met Sally, she'd have been sat next to Meg Ryan making that sound, No, nobody would have even noticed what Meg Ryan was doing. Whoa. whoa. How did you react to it? Port protocol. Pretend it hadn't Pretending happened. like it hadn't happened. Yeah. But, <laughs> you didn't. You just. You didn't go. Nice, isn't it? You just. You literally pretended it hadn't happened. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> what am I supposed to start doing? Nick? <laughs> you, you join in. We sound like Jetem one on plus. Yeah, yeah, the bagel <laughs> version. It's so awkward. I feel like it was a real drifter thing of not knowing how to behave when mm. someone's working in your house. And I feel like I've now taken that completely to the to the next. <laughs> oh, dear level i mean i don't know what to do apart from i am thinking of just making an exception and maybe buying some salmon for next time no no, what sound she makes no. quandary corner at the glap clinic here in problematic annabelle from yes. whom is the first one sandra sandra not sandra sandra no i say sandra uh-huh it's got say sing oh can't copyright you know that song from Greece yeah they're not saying Sandra in that they are saying Sandra Sandra you're saying Sandra yes no it's Sandra maybe it's an accent thing maybe 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 it's that posh uh, prep school that you went to yes that's very posh so um, this has got this is a quandary I'd just like to say it's got one of my favourite ever PS's at the end oh good Bonjour, Jeff and Annabelle. Bonjour. I have a quandary. I live in France where it gets very hot in the summer to the point that I can't do any exercise or workouts because it's too hot outside. We have a gym in the town two streets over. It's a very small village and I work here so I know that I'll know everyone. I feel awkward signing up because getting a sweat on is too intimate in front of neighbours and work acquaintances. To combat this, my boss has also built his own personal gym attached to his office but it's an open plan office, full view of the gym from his desk. He's offered for all the colleagues to use the gym, but I'm the only one who works out. So it would just be me and him. (laughs) I really want to use a gym. Should I overcome my drift of tendencies and take up my boss's offer and get sweaty in front of him? Or should I pay to work out in front of the whole village? Or should I give up and stay at home and get fat? Help needed, please. P.S. I've had a couple to work up the courage to write this. Hope it makes sense. <laughs> I love you, Sandra. <laughs> so, um, excuse me. I mean, I'm, I'm always going to wear uh, towards the last one, I think. Well, of course. I mean, he did. <laughs> As the most sedentary man alive, mm. apart from the guy with the remote control. Mm-mm. But I think, like so many things in life, it's more embarrassing if there's just one other person. Yeah, yeah. I do. If it was up, if it was me, I'd be safety in numbers. Be going somewhere where there's lots of people for other people to look at, diluting it down yes. rather than just the boss looking at me. There's no way you can get in before him and use that office, is there? That's an option. Is it? I mean, you're not the boss. Is it you? Does it turn out you've yeah. you've got an open plan boss <laughs> uh, office for the gym? No. <laughs> no, no. There is another option. Yeah. I remember once that I got in, I was looking for a flat to rent and I got in some kind of letting agent's car and it was a hot day and he was extremely sweaty 
and he told me in great detail about how he was going to have an operation soon to have his sweat glands removed because it was so extreme, his problem, that he went into a really disgusting graphic detail about when he was administering the unpleasantness with a partner, like what happened with all the sweat. It wasn't Prince Andrew, was it? <laughs> no, certainly not, no. So the, you can, ha- you could, she could, it's extreme, but Sandra could have her sweat glands removed. Because it seems to me that the, the, her big concern is getting sweaty in front of people. Yeah, I, although I wondered if she was using that as a sort of euphemism oh, of getting sweaty. I took it too literally. Yeah, 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 it was just yeah, yeah. the sweat. But that was maybe it you. is the sweat. Maybe it's just the fe- feeling of sort of doing exercise in front of people. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah, sweat. Gro- I, th- I think that you know that that covers it, doesn't it? Either try and use the boss's gym, but at a time he's not there. Yeah. And then no one else is there because it's... Don't get in a situation where it's just the two of you. No, that would be weird. That's too weird. Oh, headphones can let me disappear a bit. No, 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 no. no. Icon. You don't want there to be eye contact with only... Yeah, yeah. it's deeply weird. It is deeply weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or it's it's better to be one of many Mm. at the local facility. Yeah. Even though that would... uh, This is... is, I, I feel so superior... I mean, I won't feel superior when I keel over at 58, <laughs> but um, for the time being, you know, this isn't this isn't stuff that concerns me. Okay, right. Let's move on yeah. to Jane. I need some soft play centre-based advice, please. Oh, I feel we are very much in your purview here, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. I have three children. The eldest is 12 and the youngest is two. As you can imagine, I have spent a lot of time in soft play centres and I thought I understood the social etiquette of how they work. One of the unwritten rules I thought every parent knew is that tables are claimed by leaving your belongings, usually shoes and change bags, bottles of water, etc. on and around your table. I thought it was generally accepted that because of the nature of small children and soft play, everyone respects that it's your table, even though you may not actually sit at it for long periods of time. As such, other parents wouldn't normally sit at a table with all your belongings festooning it. Twice recently, at two different soft play centres, this rule has been broken and other parents have plonked themselves and their kids at my table. This was despite the fact that my jacket, shoes, drinks, snacks, wet wipes and change bags have all been either around or on said table. When I returned with my toddler for a drink, on neither occasion did the offenders move or apologise or ask if it was okay to share the table. I could have almost understood if there'd been a shortage of tables or if my table had been close to where their children were playing. But on both occasions, there were lots of tables available that were more conveniently situated to watch their kids. There wasn't anything special about my table, apart from the fact that it was mine. The resulting standoff is very awkward, especially when the other parent won't acknowledge your existence and makes you feel like you're the interloper and you have to keep avoiding their glare. It occurred to me that I should just gather up my things and move to another table, but that feels even more awkward and could be construed as aggressive. Again, I should stress, I don't mind sharing a table if there are no other spaces, but surely you have to at least ask first. Despite being a drifter, I have asked to share an an under-occupied table when there hasn't been anywhere else to sit, Mm. but I'd never just presume to sit down and not even acknowledge I'd moved into someone else's space. What are the rules on tables at soft play, and what can I do when people just take over my table? Well, I'm, I'm going to uh, I'm going to defer to you, but it seems to me that it's the it's all in the acknowledgement. So, if I was to see a table, mm. I don't know, maybe there's six seats around the table. Mm-hmm. Three of them have stuff strewn on them. Mm-hmm. I feel very comfortable sitting in the empty ones. However, when the people return, um. I would then say, "Oh, you don't, you don't mind me um, sharing the table." I think, mm. I think, no acknowledgement is the, the strange thing. It's extremely. Strange. I mean, it's a very leading question. I just asked that it puts them in an awkward position. You don't mind me sharing the table, <laughs> do you? But, I do but mind. See, but, yeah. So you, you give me your perspective because I feel that you, you're... well, I have experienced this to some extent, not with a table, but I, I tend to leave little piles rather than because I've only got one child, so. I tend to leave a little pile somewhere that I go back to. And if someone's encroached on my little pile, which has happened on a couple of occasions, like they're mm, basically mm. just kind of sitting around it and like on it and in it, I've said, I've made quite an elaborate show of saying, excuse me, oh, sorry, sorry, excuse me, excuse me. 
And even if these people at the table aren't strictly in your way, there could be a bit of like, oh, excuse me, excuse me. Mm. That, I find that, that sort of passive aggressive yeah. thing seems to work for me. Okay. But yeah, I think I do think it's a bit weird that this is even happening. It shouldn't be happening for a start. Maybe you're just so magnetic, people want to be near you. <laughs> what, my, my little pile? Yeah. <laughs> it's probably because I leave it in annoying places, to be honest. Yeah. 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 Um, have we answered that? No. I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I kind of don't know. The thing is that it shouldn't be happening. Mm. So, you know, if, if, it, if we're talking about making rules, no one should be at that table. You have bagsied it. And if there are other tables free, there is no reason for them to sit at it. They are in the wrong. What about what I said, though, if the table is, is partially bagsied? Is, is there another free table? If if there isn't, no. Okay. If there's not another free table, then you do exactly what you said and you profusely apologise and say, is this okay, as soon as you get back. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I'll, 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 I'll leave now. Sorry, 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 sorry. Interesting. Mm. Okay, okay. I, th- I, th- I can't. I can't quite decide if we if there's an answer. Is the question that needs to be answered? Well, she was saying, what What do you do when people take over your table? And I think I say, do a lot of like loud. Excuse me. Sorry. Excuse me. Reach, reaching over them. To oh get to yeah, because you can't say anything. No, no, no. Of course that'd not. Be, no, that'd no, be no. insane. Um, but you can make it deeply unpleasant Mm-mm. for them in the way that okay. I'd be tempted to get gather all my stuff in it with a huff. Yes, that'd be very tempting. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah, saying yeah, I'd do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah very yeah. tempting. Okay, good. I feel that's an answer. And that was our podcast. Well done, by the way. Staying awake. Oh, yeah, did well, yeah. Really yeah. didn't think you were going to. Mm. Um, I could feel myself going a couple of times. <laughs> and it was when I was speaking primarily. Right, right, right. Um, but thank you for um, for listening as ever. If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner, if you have a story for us, the email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Kim Rainey made our artwork and um, what, what can I pick from this week's episode to finish with or something oh let's see if we can get the tone of this one right do you know what's in those Podication time. Okay. From Sarah Davis, who says, Hiya, Jeff and Annabelle. Hiya. Hiya. Please, can I request a podication for my dog, Piper? Always. Yes. That's the answer to that question. Piper is a 10-year-old Bernese mountain dog. And she's a very good girl. She's a very good girl. She and I work together as a therapy dog team here in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, in Canada. I think I said that right. I think you did. It's in a song in a film in the Muppet movie. Mm. Sorry, it's in, yeah, in the it's a song in the Muppet movie. Um, moving right along, duet between Fozzie and Kermit. It's a great song. We visit elementary schools, long-term care homes, and spent a lot of time at vaccination clinics during COVID. She was great at calming down those who were nervous about getting the jab. Recently, here in Saskatchewan. There has been oh, sorry, I've just seen the next sentence and it's it's quite alarming. Um, there's going to be a bit of a tonal shift here because this is uh, it's, it's really awful. Actually, what I'm about to say. Um, recently, here in Saskatchewan, there has been a terrible massacre that resulted in the death of ten people and the injury of an additional eighteen others. Tonight, Piper and I went to visit the families of the victims who had loved ones still in the hospital here in Saskatoon. There were a lot of young children who had been witnesses to the worst of humankind. They all fell on Piper. I'm going to go here. Fell on Piper with such joy when they saw her, and she in turn let up at the sight of them. I was left to try and somehow scrape together words to speak to the adults. Obviously a nightmare under the best of circumstances, but impossible in this one. But by an unspoken agreement, we all just watched the kids and Piper enjoy each other. She is the non-drifter to my drifter self. 
and is always sorry i'm a bit overwhelmed I'm a bit overwhelmed by this but just like what a like terrible terrible situation mm-hmm. and then just like what what an animal can do in that and, yeah. and what our relationship with animals can do in that is so beautiful um She's always happy to meet new people. Thankfully, she also gives me a talking point when she insists on greeting other humans. She brings joy wherever she goes, and I'm so grateful to be her mom. There are no words for the senseless violence of last week. I would like to podicate this to my beautiful dog for being able to say all the things I could not say, even though she cannot utter a single word, Sarah. Oh, Sarah, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, first, you can tell by the way I started that and then where we got to that I, I didn't know I, I hadn't seen that news um it's been difficult here certainly to to get news about anything other than the the mm. uh mm. the kind of mourning that's been going on here but that is just a horrendous senseless awful thing and um yeah the fact that you you yeah you're able to go and work with people in that situation is amazing. And as I say, I, f- I found it really overwhelming what an animal can bring in a situation where there are just no words. Oh, that's heavy. I mm-hmm. mean, it's an incredible, you know, it's, a, it's an incredibly upsetting situation and, and something really beautiful about like what we do for each other and, and what animals do for us in the middle of all that. Whew. That's so intense. Hope you're doing all right. Sending you, uh, sending you all our love. So there we go. That's the latest edition of the podcast, podicated to Piper. She's a very good girl, clearly. And if you'd like a podication, email us. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.